So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome to Outposts of Heaven, the podcast. This is Emily. And I'm Andrew. We're really excited to have you here with us today. Yes, so um, I'm actually really excited because we have Jessica Winter here. And um, basically, we went to high school together and then some college. We were roommates and um, Jessica was like totally on the road to becoming a nurse. And I was like, mostly on the road. I was like, I'm going like, to do this. And so we both took an anatomy class the first semester and I hated it. She loved it. And now she's a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I do this. But yeah, so welcome, Jessica. We're happy to Thank have you. you. Yeah, and we're, we're really, super excited to be here. Awesome. So we're, we're really excited to hear from her, um, specifically some lessons she's learned from being a nurse. But before that, why don't you just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Okay, yeah. So like she said, my name is Jessica. And yeah, I think it's cool that Emily and I know each other from way back in the day. Those were good times in college. Um, So my husband and I met at BYU-Idaho, which is um, where we both went to school. And um, we have one daughter and another son on the way um Yay. Live... how far along are you how far along am i, am yeah. I or am... when are you due i'm due october 1st okay. yeah cool. so 29 yeah. weeks i believe we're really yeah. close then awesome yeah which is super fun so yep. yeah that's... Course, emily you're, you're still in the fun part of pregnancy well, yeah. I mean that's up to her. Yeah, <laughs> Emily says that, like, <laughs> like the center part is the if there's like a fun part. There's like, like a fun, cute part, and I feel like I'm beyond that now, and it's not fun or cute anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm still getting to the not fun part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess it's like a gradual thing, right? It's, it's not like you get you get to like a certain week, and then, then yeah. it's like oh, now it sucks. Like a, no, it just it grows. Like just the suck so slowly starts to grow. Right. Yeah. Until it's, the yeah. sex starts to overcome yep. the fun part. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it about us. We live in Idaho, Boise, Idaho. Idaho. We awesome. like it over here. And yeah. Um, you're originally from Colorado. Where is your husband from Idaho? No, he's from Las Vegas. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yep. So then what yeah. brought you to Idaho? Did you both just want to stay there after school? or? No. In fact, I never, ever thought <laughs> I would live in Idaho. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny how we ended up here. Um, we were kind of just thinking as it was getting closer to graduation. Um, my husband wanted to, He uh, well, he graduated in business management, but he wanted to do kind of more um more like real estate, be a realtor type thing. And we just heard a lot of good things about kind of the Boise area and how it was growing a ton and just how it was super family friendly. And 
a lot of people said it was a great place to raise a family and just kind of the more we looked into it, the more it sounded, you know, really sounded like a really awesome place to kind of settle down. And so we kind of just went for it. Like we don't have, my, my husband has an aunt here and that's, that's it. Like no other family. Um, and so we kind of just, yeah, went out on a limb and <laughs> got a really crappy apartment for the first <laughs> year, but we were kind of, yeah, it was kind of a rough, rough transition, but since we've been here, we've loved it. And now we just live kind of outside of Boise, but yeah, never thought I'd love it here, but I, I really do love it. It's been great. Hey everybody, quick public service announcement. Uh, we are sorry if the, the sound quality sounds different from, for the rest of the, the episode, we were recording on one platform and the platform pretty much crashed and we had to switch to a different platform kind of real quick. And so we haven't tried this one out before this episode. So hopefully it, it come, the sound comes out all right. But you might notice a difference in the sound quality. Maybe not the quality, but you might notice a difference in sound. We'll see. We don't know. Yeah, so. we don't know. So if you notice anything, we are so sorry. And that is why. Now, back to our topic. Yes. So, Jessica... Um, we have a couple questions before we really get into the lessons that you've learned being a nurse. So first, what kind of nurse are you? Yeah. So when I usually get asked this question, I feel like I confuse people because it's not your normal straight answer. Like, oh, I'm an ICU nurse. I'm a labor and delivery nurse. I'm kind of, I'm a lot of different things. Um, so what I am is, I'm, so I'm on the float pool. It's kind of an odd term, but um, basically it's kind of like the, it's like a unit in and of itself for all the other units. So it's kind of like the hospital's buffer system to make sure, you know, every unit, um, has the coverage it needs. So if, you know, if one unit's short in one way, um, they can send us there. And so we all kind of cover different units. We have different specialties. So you're like a nurse strike team. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, we need you to deploy here, and so you can like, quickly deploy to whatever area of the hospital that needs the extra help. Exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. It's yeah. kind of fun. You get to, like get a lot of exposure. Totally. Yeah. So it was an awesome new grad job as a new grad um, to kind of learn a whole lot of different things. So basically, I cover fourteen different units throughout the three um, locations that the hospital that the hospital system has in the valley, um, and they just basically cover all adult medical, surgical, and telemetry. Um, so pretty much a what way is to telemetry kind of, for all of telemetry us. Telemetry is like, smart. yeah, it's like, um, cardiac, um, like post open heart, like post any sort of, um, heart surgery or, um, it's yeah, pretty much anything having to do with the heart. Okay, cool. <laughs> a lot of heart attacks. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. So pretty much anything adult inpatient, that's not the ICU. If that, Mm -hmm. makes any sense. <laughs> so that's so, yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. It is a lot of things. <laughs> so you've probably had a lot of different experience in different types of care then, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have. That's really cool. For sure. Yeah. So it was a really good, like I said, really good job to get as a new grad. I really wanted to do labor and delivery. That's something that I really thought I was meant to do, called to do. And then when I got this job, it was kind of like a a tender mercy, a blessing in disguise, because I've been able to kind of diversify myself in, in what I'm learning, and maybe eventually I'll um, 
you know, specialize in one specific area. But for now, I'm kind of the jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> so that's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Though. Although I did hear a a very smart man who was talking about this idea of like people like kind of beat down the idea of being a jack of all trades, and because our our society is so focused on hyper specialization. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said that what what you end up doing is you being a jack, you become a jack of one trade and a master of that one, but you can't apply that trade across, like across areas, like in other disciplines or in other uh, like areas of expertise. And mm-hmm. so you end up actually hurting yourself. So it's good to be a jack of by all not trades. being a jack of all trades. And so he was defending the idea <laughs> that we should be jack of all trades. So that's cool. There we go. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. not highly re- relevant to the topic, but so uh, what <laughs> is your so favorite then? You I mean you've had a lot of good exposure to different fields or different areas in the field what's your favorite yeah, favorite um, thing yeah people it's it's hard to say my favorite because the floors have such different um patient populations and it, right. it really kind of depends on like the people you're working with too i kind of find that the yeah. units i like have a really tight-knit kind of teamwork um, aspect, which really luckily, mo- you know, most, if not all of them do kind of have that aspect and I mm-hmm. feel really well supported everywhere I go. Well, let me ask um, this question then to kind of yeah. be more specific. Yeah. Which one is the easiest and which one is the one you enjoy most? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'd say there's an easiest one either. <laughs> I think <laughs> They're all hard. <laughs> they're all hard. Well, they'll have their different challenges. I think t- I like telemetry maybe a little bit more because it's a lower nurse to patient ratio. We usually only have three to four for one nurse as opposed to four or five um, on the medical surgical Mm -hmm. units. And so I kind of like having fewer patients to kind of focus more on. Gotcha. When you first said that, I thought when you said there was a lower nurse to patient ratio, the other way around. Yeah. I thought you were like, I don't like to deal with people. And so I like it. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That's what you enjoy. Like yeah. a little more intimate dynamic. Yeah. I kind of like focusing a little more instead of feeling like I'm spread too thin. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. I get that. Totally. So yeah. what made you want to become a nurse? Yeah. So this is a large question. And usually when people ask me this, I give um, kind of a shortened version. Um, but since it really is kind of a, it was a lot of a spiritual decision. I feel like I can kind of share the full story <laughs> on here since it's yeah. kind of the audience. But Please, um, go for it. Yeah. So um, growing up, I, I didn't really see nursing in my future. That wasn't something that interested me. Science, I kind of hated all science classes growing up. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and my dad works in uh, the medical field, like medical sales. And so he would kind of tell me all the time, like, oh, you should be a nurse, you should be a nurse. And I was kind of like, nah, no. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I don't, I think it was, it was once I got my patriarchal blessing that I really started to um, consider it more. And I know Andrew's really good at defining things. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, in in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have this concept of a, a patriarchal blessing. Uh, and so a patriarch is a, a person in our congregations um, who has been, who strives to be very, very spiritual and very connected to the spirit. Uh, and he, I guess he, he is, a, he's called or he's kind of assigned by the church to be a patriarch. And what they do is people who are 
spiritually mature enough and ready for this usually happens when you're a teenager. Uh, you go to the patriarch and you ask for you can ask for a patriarchal blessing, and it's like kind of like a if you read in the scriptures uh, where when like Abraham or Israel like they are blessing their children, that's like mm-hmm. that's a, that's a patriarchal blessing where they say. Like, do this, like, this is what you need to do to be righteous. Your seed like, will be as numerous as the stars. Yeah, like, all, all those kind of, like, father-to-child blessings mm-hmm. are patriarchal blessings in the scriptures. And in our church, we believe that the Lord wants us to have a similar kind of personalized scripture, if you will. Um, and so, members of yeah. our church at a certain age, it, it, once they're ready for it and they want it, can go to a patriarch and they can receive it, this blessing that kind of acts as guidance for for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not really like not to, to confuse it with like telling the future. It's not like yeah, it's a, not like that. It's not like a future teller. It's like um, it's really just a message from God telling you the strengths that you have, the things you should work on, the the potential that you have. Right. Basically, like mm-hmm. instilling confidence in your potential. Right, and there might life. be like some big things like. Oh, like look forward to this. Try and do that. Yeah. Um, but and like in in my patriarchal blessing, there are some specifics, but a lot of it is general, like principles. Like w- make sure you focus on being extra committed to learning and those kind of things. So yeah, well said. Thank you. No problem. Much hopefully, hopefully that said. makes sense. <laughs> if you do have questions about that, it's a really cool topic. Uh, it's something that's unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I think. Um, and if you are curious about it, f- please feel free to email us or to DM us and we will, we can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you kind of mentioned yours has kind of some specific, um, things in it. And, um, there was one specific line that really made me think like, oh, wow, maybe I should become a nurse. There was, I won't give the exact wording, but it just basically says I will help care for people and avoid illnesses and diseases that occur to people around me. And so oh, wow. I thought, like, I remember that line popped out in my mind when I first got it and it popped out to my whole family. They were like, wow, that line was so specific. And so kind of from there, I was like, huh, maybe I will kind of look into this nursing thing. And it just kind of made more and more sense. And, and here I am. <laughs> One thing led to another and. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool that you felt led by God and that you were, you followed through, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Way to so. go. Okay. Well, are you ready to share with us the four? Real quick. I just want oh, to yep. highlight something from that. I just kind of, again, we're trying to talk about, about Jessica's specific experience with mm-hmm. then extrapolate uh, yeah. le- lessons for our listeners. I just think it's such a cool thing when we strive to live our lives in harmony with God's will. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's, it's the case that heavenly father has like a specific occupation for every mm-hmm. single person. Um, but I think if we are open to the possibility of him, you know, having an opinion about even our occupations, the places that we live, if we're open to that, um, he will a lot of the times not give us a decision and say, Oh, you should do this. You should do that. But, there are times where he will have a specific thing that he would like us to do, or he thinks that we would, would really benefit us or will put us in a place that he wants us to be in. Uh, and when we are constantly going to him and like, kind of like double checking, like, Hey, this is my plan. Is this all right? Um, and he will nudge us in the right direction if he has a specific plan. And 
you get such satisfaction from that. And I'm sure Jessica can talk about that because then your occupation or the place you live doesn't stops being just a, a thing you do or a place you live and then becomes part of God's plan. So I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Totally. You go on, ask your question. <laughs> oh no, I'm just, um, I'm ready to dive in. I want to hear these four yeah, lessons. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I'm ready. They'll kind of sound cliche at first, I think, but <laughs> hopefully with kind of the, the, uh, take that i have on it it might not be as cliche but, well i think all uh, <laughs> most great truths come out as cliche because people yeah. recognize them and then we just have to dive into them to kind yeah. of true look at yeah. new on stuff definitely yeah so my first one that i kind of thought of was um god needs us to learn by experience i think mm-hmm. so many times you know i've wanted him to step in and and do more to to help me with any given task and and for whatever reason he he's like nah you got this you know <laughs> nah. you, need, you need to learn on your own <laughs> um and i feel like i kind of first learned this in nursing school and and pretty much continually since then there was a there was a um, really hard test at the end of the semester that you know we had to pass um and if we didn't pass we get one more try and if we didn't pass the second time, then we'd have to redo the semester. The whole and semester? The whole semester. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was... Which sounds terrifying, you know, but it is terrifying. from like the patient perspective, I would really I like, guess that's true. like people yeah. who are sticking me with things to be very well vetted. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's important. Um, yeah. So with this test, I think I just worked myself up too much and I was like barely under the passing point for my first try. And I like thought the world ended because <laughs> I'm like Miss Perfectionist. And that's most nursing school students that you'll talk to. They're like type A. And I really, really was like so depressed about it. <laughs> but it's like, hello, you have another chance. Like just pick yourself up and do it again. And um, I fasted, prayed, I, you know, put in my whole heart and I, and I passed the second time. And so I think, I think God wanted me to learn from that experience. Like he's not just going to make the path easy for you all the time. There's, even if you are doing what you're supposed to, it's not, it's not roses and rainbows and daisies all the time. It's, right. Like, even know, though, even though you felt so called to it and like he was telling you to be a nurse, it wasn't like he was handing it to you. Right. right exactly. Well, I think yeah. with, with God, uh, sit with the exception of, you know, the destination of being with him. And maybe even this isn't, even that is not an exception to God. Like the journey is more important than the destination. Right. So it's not about like you being a nurse as much as you going through the process of becoming a nurse and then doing the things that you need to do as a nurse. And so it's the journey that brings about growth, not the destination because destination is just a spot on the, on the path when you look up and you look around. Yeah, totally. And like, we totally learn from our examples. Like I think everyone, or sorry, from our, from our mistakes, I feel like everyone can, you know, at least pinpoint a couple where they're like, I made that mistake once and I learned from it and I'll never do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had, you know, some of those experiences after I got my license. Um, there was one, I remember when I was, I want to say I was maybe around six months, um, into my job and 
there was a patient I had um, that I basically should have been noticing signs that he was declining um, much sooner than I did. Um, he was not as not as alert as he had been earlier in the shift. He was kind of um, decreasing his level of consciousness. And, and finally, the thing that kind of alerted me was his blood pressure was too low. And anyway, long story short, he ended up being... Um, going down to the ICU and, but he was, he was okay after a little, he was just declining a little bit, but that kind of mm-hmm. made me think like, Oh, like I really do, you know, like I'm never going to make that mistake again. Like with my assessment skills, I'll make sure that I realize, Oh, they're declining, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So those types of things, I feel like a lot of new grads and even that's just how you learn as a, as a, as a person, you just learn from your mistakes. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. I think there, there's a couple of cool studies that I, I've read that talk about how uh, we need to incentivize failure in the education system a little more because the way that you make long-term memories, or how do I say this, getting something wrong is more likely to create a long-term memory than getting something right. Mm-hmm. And so if like, you think about the tests that you've taken, if you've been able to see the answers, you're more likely to remember the incorrect answers than the correct yeah. answers, especially if there were like nine or 10 questions and you got nine of them, right. And one of the questions was wrong for some of us. You probably still remember what that question was that you got wrong. Or if you thought about long enough, you could remember it, but you probably couldn't remember the nine questions that you got right. And so like, yeah. failure has like a really interesting role, but that's like, what a, a huge, um, like cost for your failure. Like if, I, <laughs> if I mess up at work, it might cost a lot of money, but if you mess up at work, the, uh, could be somebody's life potentially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the cost is a little bit higher than what I have yeah, to deal with. Definitely. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think just to kind of relate that back to the gospel, like, you know, Heavenly Father expects us to to make mistakes. He expects us to repent, to come back to Him, to to um, better ourselves every day. And so that's just what it comes down to, I think. I Ultimately, love that one. yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. yeah. How do you, How do you deal with the like the stress? You know, especially as a, a new person in that field, or when you are new in that field, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's expected that you're going to make mistakes. But mm-hmm. like the, like the cost is so high if you make a mistake in your field. Yeah, I think, um, and what they kind of ingrain in us all the time is like, you always have people to ask for help, which I think also relates back to the gospel too. Like you, you're, you're working with a team really. There's always like a charge nurse on the floor that can, um, be there as a support or even, even just other floor nurses or, um, other people you can call just anyone. If you have a question, if something doesn't seem quite right all the time, even still, I, I ask fellow coworkers like, Hey, what do you think about this? Like, should I call the doctor about this? Is this, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's something that I think just kind of the teamwork aspect, knowing that other people have your back and, um, in a gospel sense, knowing that, you know, you have the Holy Ghost with you all the time if you're if you're doing what's right, and um, you can pray for for answers. You can pray for guidance. Um, you can ask your parents. You can ask a trusted leader, and 
you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's been a huge help for me. I think just knowing that I have, I have people that I can rely on. Yeah. Has asking questions been something that's come naturally to you or was it a, a, a learning process both spiritually and maybe in your, in your occupation? Yeah. Cause that's a great test in humility for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think a little bit, I think the nature of my job specifically though, I have to ask questions all the time because working on all these different units, I forget stuff. And if I haven't been on that unit for a long time, you know, I'm like, wait, what's your guys's process for this? Or I forgot where you keep this. So I feel like my whole job is just asking questions all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never knowing yeah. where anything is. <laughs> so that would be I think hard. that was kind of forced upon me, but right. um, yeah. So it just, it's, it's part of kind of the nature, but um, I think if I would have been in one specific unit, I might've been a little more uh, stubborn, like, oh, I should know this. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I get that. I think my personality makes it difficult for me to ask for, for help. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do super well with that. That's something I, I struggle with. Yeah, totally. But I found it always like, it never hurts to, to ask for help. Yeah. And I never, you know, and everyone's really nice about like, wait, you should, you know, you, you've worked here for a while. You should know this. You know, they're not like that at all. They're, they're always helpful and nice. So that's been good. <laughs> awesome. All right. Okay. Yeah. We want to keep, we want to be able to talk about all your points. What's what's yeah. the next one? So I'll kind of go into the next one. Yeah. And it kind of has a little bit to do with the previous point, And that is um, that basically living right helps in every aspect of life. Um, my, as I was kind of preparing for this topic, I told my husband, like, I don't feel like I have that many like cool stories to share. Like I don't have stories where I'm like, yeah, this patient was dying and I revived them or like, <laughs> you know, extreme, extreme stories like that. And he's like, well, I think it's probably because like, you've probably been blessed. Like, um, just having the spirit with you, you've probably just been blessed to kind of avoid that. And I'm like, Oh, maybe, maybe that's true. I don't know. Like, um, I haven't really, you know, I've never had a patient die on me before, except for one where it was like eminent. He was on comfort care and he was going to die that night. Um, but I've never had anything like super out of the ordinary happen or anything um, like super sudden. And so Maybe I kind of wonder. Maybe it's because you're doing your job so well. I hope. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Maybe that's laughs> I like to attribute it to the fact that, you know, maybe the I feel like I'm probably being guided a lot of the time in my job. And, um, and maybe I've just avoided terrible things because I've had the spirit with me. I remember there was one experience where, um, I had this patient, it was kind of a sad, uh, a sad thing. She was young. Um, this was probably her umpteenth time, um, trying to commit suicide. This time she had, um, ingested a bunch of Tylenol and, um, anyway, she was just kind of, she had a lot of, um, like self mutilating behavior as well. And, cutting and that kind of thing. And, and I was in her room and she was pretending to sleep, but I kind of like saw something moving under her, um, under her covers in her bed. And I kind of thought like, I kind of a thought just popped in my head. Like you should probably check that out. That seems sketchy. Um, and so I take the covers off and see that she's been cutting herself and she was just covered in blood. And, And so I was kind of thinking later on, like, huh, I wonder, 
you know, was that the spirit? I feel like that probably was the spirit telling me like, you should check that out. Um, cause I don't know if I would have thought anything of it. Maybe she's mm-hmm. just scratching herself, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's just kind of little times where after the fact, I'm like, that was probably the spirit. And I, I think in my daily life, you know, if I weren't striving to, um, keep my covenants, I'm by, you know, I'm, by all means, not perfect at all. <laughs> I, strive. I really try, but I have, I have my days I have, you know, but, um, anyway, I just feel like for those people that are really trying to follow Christ, keep their covenants, um, he blesses them. The spirit is with them and we're led in, in ways that sometimes we don't recognize. And, and yeah. so I feel like I've been blessed in a lot of ways that way. For sure. It's like a cycle. Like the more that we are obedient and we rely on him, the more, guidance he gives us and so then the more we do right and so the more guidance he gives uh-huh. us <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah it builds on each other for sure so as i've you know listening to your story i was thinking about um another story about a medical professional who is a follower of christ uh russell m nelson who is currently the, the leader of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints he's the president of the church and he or in a recent talk, someone was talking about him, talking about, I'm, I'm Jessica, I know you know this, I'm saying it for the, for the audience mm-hmm. members. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he was, so he was a heart surgeon and he was asked to perform the surgery and he didn't really know exactly how to do it, but he felt like he, he felt prompted that he should do it. And he like opens the guy's chest up looking at the heart and like sees all these issues with it. And he's like, there's no procedure that is out there to fix this. And then he he said, like he (laughs) clearly saw like in his, in his mind, a, like basically the Lord, like putting little, um, what's that called? Like a diagram of where to cut. I think like incisions or stitches, something like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm just imagining like the, like the dotted lines versus like cut along the dotted line. Blueprint kind of. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a a, a diagram of of like where to cut and where to sew and like how to like get the heart back in place. Uh, And I was just thinking how like if, if Russell Nelson was in a different profession, he might not, you know, need as much direct Inter, like intervention from the Lord, uh, but because he had chosen a profession where he was directly dealing with the health of our Heavenly Father's children, Heavenly Father was very willing to engage with him in miraculous ways frequently in order to help protect them because he loves them deeply. And, the, you know, people in the medical profession are sometimes the only people who are capable of dealing with some of the issues that, uh, that his children are, are experiencing. So have you felt like your love for people kind of increased because you feel like the Lord's love coming through you towards them? Yeah. And in fact, that kind of goes into my look at that. Answer that. (laughs) Um, I'll kind of answer it this way. So there's, there's a large, as I said before, there's a large, kind of variety of patients that I work with. Mainly they are like, I'd say 55 and older, you know, occasionally I'll get younger that just had surgery, but usually it's, it's the boomers as, (laughs) as us millennials like to call them. Um, 
and you know they can be they they're usually pretty awesome if they're with it and you know nice people like the majority of people are nice every once in a while um you know I'll get a crazy dementia lady that is screaming at me screaming profanities at me and thinks I'm in her house and trying to like I killed her husband and I oh, kidnapped her cat wow. you know like stuff like that it sounds very specific <laughs> you know <laughs> Oh yeah. I've had several of those. Yeah. Um, and so in those moments, I'm like, man, I hate people. Why did I choose this profession? <laughs> I cannot, I can just, my patience is so small with these people or I'll get like, you know, a drug seeking person or someone She's withdrawing from alcohol that's just patience. off the wall. Yeah. yeah. Nah. So when I have, <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> there you go. Oh man. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. <laughs> You're good. So I've kind of had to like take a step back. In fact, I probably do this every single shift. I'll t- kind of take a breath and be like, okay, this person is somebody's grandma or this person is somebody's grandpa or daughter, son, mom, whatever. And, and in the same way, they're a child of God. God loves this person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to, <laughs> I, <person>. sh- <laughs> I need to be patient. Or at least person. like, I should love this person. I should, I should try, yes. try to love this person. <laughs> yeah, right. I want exactly. to love this person. <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done for sure. But I think what it boils down to. And, um, you know, no matter who comes through those doors in the ER, like we're going to treat everyone the same, like no matter if they're an ex-con or if they're, if they've done terrible things in their life, like they don't care. They treat everybody the same. They give everybody the same care. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, you know, that's what we do. We don't say like, Oh, I don't like you, so I'm not going to give you your payment. <laughs> You're, not You're being mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't treat them how I treat my toddler. <laughs> Although I think about, I think like, wow, you were like my toddler in so many ways. But anyways. Um, it's a good, it's a good uh, lesson to apply as parents, though. So like, true. Okay, yeah. yes, you are a child of God, too. And he yes. loves you yeah, more than so, I even do, which is crazy because I love them so much. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of what I, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting to. Like God loves this person so much. He loves them the exact same as me. And even though I may feel like I'm a little bit better than this person right now <laughs> because of the, <laughs> because of the situation they're in or whatever, he loves, he loves me the same as them. And, you know, Christ would have, atoned and died for this person alone you know he has an infinite love and so I think just keeping that in mind for whoever you come into contact with no matter how rude they are to you or the things they've done in their lives we just need to remember that that God loves this person they're a child of God they're your brother or sister um so just have that respect for them I think yeah, that's that's a really big life lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. One we will all continue to work on. And yeah. if, you know, and especially in the world right now, if everybody had that outlook, we would be in a much, much different scenario oh, than we are. And, uh, yeah. and a, a superior, <laughs> superior scenario at that. Superior, yeah. We would, yeah, yeah. So it's a lesson we're all working on, but it's one that I think we need to 
to remember and continue to work on because how we treat others is essentially how we're treating how we're treating our Heavenly Father because He loves them just like He loves us. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and then I guess just kind of moving on to my last point, and I think this is the one I wanted to um, kind of emphasize the most is um, basically, you know, life, and this is this is going to sound extremely cliche again, <laughs> but coming from a nurse who's seen, you know, um, some pretty extreme uh, scenarios, life and good health is a huge privilege that we take for granted every single day. Yeah. Um, there was, there was a patient, um, I took care of and, you know, I'm, I'm legally, I cannot share all the details that I wish I could, but, um, there was a patient that he was, he was a young guy. This was kind of an elective heart procedure that, um, he felt like he needed to have, he probably could have lived without having it, but, um, he decided he wanted to go through with it. Anyway, I was taking care of him the first night after his procedure and, um, he seemed like he was doing okay. You know, like, um, he was kind of complaining of kind of some numbness in his, in his face. And that was pretty much the only thing. And, you know, I kind of asked around, like, is this normal? And everyone was kind of like, yeah, sometimes, you know, they put a, they put an IV kind of in their, their neck that they, they we called an IJ. And sometimes that can kind of, um, irritate the nerve. And so the numbness is sometimes, um, pretty normal after a procedure like that. So I was like, okay. Um, come to find out the next morning. So I went home that, that morning, seven thirty in the morning. And I came back that night, I guess he had, declined pretty quick in the morning and, um, had a pretty severe stroke oh my goodness. and, and it was really devastating. I, I didn't find out until I came back that night and I was like, where is he? <laughs> He's not here anymore. And I found out he had had a pretty debilitating stroke and I don't know, um, all the details that happened after that. I do know he, he went home, but I think he still has some pretty severe deficits. And so it's really sad to see, you know, how, you can just think one day you're doing great and then the next day you're not. And, you know, you have, he had, I'm pretty sure he had young kids. And so that's just, it was really, and there's experiences, like I said, I hear about all the time where um, it's just like your life, your health can change in an instant. And um, anyway, yeah, it's just really kind sad. of, yeah, to think about like your life really is a gift. Heavenly Father is giving you this time to, to learn of him, to come closer to him, to become more like him. And it's all in his plan. And, um, we don't know when, when we'll die, when you're like, what, or what, um, what challenges or things can happen to us that might affect our health, um, or our life. But I think we just need to remember, of course, that, our time is short and, um, you know, it really is a gift, like I said. And yeah, like I said, it's, it's probably something that we take for granted all the time. And it's just something I'm reminded of every, every day I go to work hearing about some, something, you know, a young mom overdosing on alcohol and then her 
husband having to do CPR and then come to find out she, you know, didn't have, didn't get enough oxygen for a long time and was kind of, at that point, her quality of life was minimal and they had to take her off life support or, um, you know, just all these sad, there's a lot of sad things, there's a lot of good things too. You know, I didn't, well, on, on I this, didn't want to focus on the sad on the, part. On this but. sobering and <laughs> horrifying note, um, do you have, any, have you seen examples of people who have dealt with this reality very well? Like who didn't shy, who are aware of the, of like the fragility of mortality, but um, seem to strive despite or because of, of that fragility? Yeah, I think so. I've worked with several quadriplegics, um, and I feel like if if I were to lose all ability to move my hands and legs, I feel like just kill yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to live yeah. um, at that point. I think with with people that really feel like they have come so close to death, and yet they still get a chance to live, even though they're they don't have use, you know, the same use of their body as they used to. Sometimes they can be really better, but I've met some really, really amazing people that, that are like, you know what, I, I could have died, but I didn't. And, and I'm changing my life because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can be some of the nicest people. And so, yeah, I hope, I hope I, that wasn't too sombering of <laughs> to say like, you're going to die tomorrow. You should shape up. No, it's definitely just to keep that in perspective. Um, like I said, it's life really is a gift just to be and grateful for it. Every hug day. your babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just be grateful for it and live, live, you know, like, live like you're dying to yeah. quote Tim. Right. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Live purposefully. <laughs> right. Exactly. Live with purpose yeah. for sure. Well, hon, do you have any questions? I think we're about running out of time. Um, yeah, I just keep going back. This is like such a, a silly example, but it's like off of your last point. Every time I get a cold, I am like the biggest baby when I'm sick. Like <laughs> the biggest baby. But every time I get a cold and I'm congested, I can't breathe. And I just like the only thing I can pray about is like, take this cold away. Like I can't live like this. Yeah. I promise I'll thank you every day for every day I can breathe. And then it's almost like my cold goes away in due time. And I like, you forget about it, forget about it. And then you breathe like Mm -hmm. normal, like, and just, it's funny because when you're in those moments of like trial or hardship, you, you think, well, when this, like, when this is over, like, I'm going to change my life or I'm going to change my perspective or I'm going to be more Are your, are your colds that like monumental in your life that you're like, (laughs) I'm going to change my life? I was making an application. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I am a huge baby when I was like, but yeah, I just always think after a hardship, like, oh, well, my life's going to be different now. Like I'm going to be more grateful. But then I, I don't usually make a lot of those changes or those like paradigm shifts. And so I think Mm -hmm. that's just a good reminder to like actually make those changes or to be more grateful for the health that you do have or the blissful moments that you do have or the the moments that you're not suffering in trial. And I think Um, one of my takeaways is like the fact that the, the fact that these difficulties are present and mm -hmm. like these, 
physical difficulties especially are present in in life in mortality i think is is very uh, it, it is a product of the world that we are in um, but i think it's also intentional uh, because heavenly father wants us to you know kind of constantly be dealing with struggles mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. And because when we do that, we get into that mindset that you were talking about, Emily, your, your common cold mindset <laughs> that like, I, I must improve, improve my life. Like looking at my life, look at our lives, our great big spiritual improvements have come either during or directly because of hardships. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, like we have, we experienced growth and whatnot during uh during the good times but our big improvements come as a result of yeah. of difficult times if we let them yeah is the thing too 100%. yeah yeah because we can let yeah. it we can let it cripple us or we can let it be sanctified for our good yeah mm-hmm. amen uh, to that yes yeah, I, I truly feel like you can you can become closer to God during those times, or yeah, you can you can further yourself away, and it's it's not gonna you know not gonna get much better for you if you further yourself. You you can only benefit from coming closer yeah. to God. Mm-hmm. So, well, is there anything else that you would want to share with our listeners about being a nurse or anything? Really, anything? Um. Being a nurse is awesome. If you if you're considering yeah. it, you should do it because there's gonna there's kind of already a nurse shortage oh, really? nationwide. Oh, yeah, a lot of um, the boomers are retiring, so there's a lot of there's projected to be a pretty large nursing shortage. Wow. So yeah, if you if you feel like that's something you're called to do, do it. Um, yeah, it's a great profession. It's something that's really versatile. Um, it's something that, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like anyone can do it. There's a lot of different personality types that make a great mm-hmm. nurse. So. Well, that's perfect. There's my little plug for that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us, Jessica, and for sharing your wisdom and applying it all back to the gospel. That was really amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. I'm Yeah, I'm really grateful for this opportunity because I've never really thought about it this deeply. So I'm grateful you guys asked me that. And Good. hopefully we can all... We can all, uh, yeah, kind of just remember and apply those things in the gospel and in our lives. And I think I want to uh, issue a, a challenge to all of our all of our listeners um, to kind of do what Jessica's done in preparation for this episode and think about where you're at in life. Think about about your occupation, whether that's a nurse or your I, all I can think of is medical occupations, a nurse construction <laughs> or <worker>. construction worker <laughs> or Uber driver or, Uber driver <laughs> or a <Artist>. mom <laughs> or dad or whatever it is that you are occupying your life with uh, and see and try and look for God's hand in it and see what lessons he's trying to teach you. Because if you're trying to do the right thing, the Lord is trying to teach you lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, so take some time and really think about that and look for uh, how the Lord is active in your life and which lessons he has um, that he has put in your life uh, that he wants you to learn. Um, I need to do the same thing actually about yeah. specific about well, my occupation. I think Emily's is pretty straightforward too about, about that, but yeah, kind of, it's, it's probably more like 
like what Jessica's experience is, mm-hmm. where those lessons are in your face. Mine, probably less so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's, I think it's a, a really good exercise we should all embark on. All right, everybody. We love you. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Uh, please, if you enjoyed our episode today, uh, share subs- it with your friends. Yep. Do the subscription thing so you can get notifications when we release new episodes. Uh, leave us a review and all those good things. Anything else, on? Nope. All right. Keep the faith. Bye.